wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. Welcome to today's program. It's a special one, I can assure you. And this is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And where we look at the world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Rita, the South Australian Regional Coordinator for Faith FM, and it's very good to have you with us today. If you like to be part of this program, please just uh, text us, and uh, you can come with some questions or comments. Uh, you can be part of this uh, program today, and you can send us a text on 4 That's the number where you can text a message. You cannot call on that number, unfortunately, but you can text us. And uh, we are uh, more than happy to text, take some of your um, comments and uh, uh, have a good discussion. Now, uh, uh, just before I even uh, move forward, I would like to welcome uh, our co-host today, David Delima from Family Voice Australia. Good to have you with us, David. Thanks, Nick. It's great to be broadcasting with you today and greetings to all of our listeners on Faith FM. Now, if you haven't heard um, uh, David uh, before, even though I uh, have uh, the privilege to uh, have short interviews with David um, almost every Friday, but today we are going to spend the whole hour together, David. Mm -hmm. How good is that? Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) David is uh, the director of Family Voice Australia for um, South Australia and Northern Territory. Is that right, David? That's it, Nick, yeah. All right, and uh, just in a few words, if you like to just tell us a, a little bit about uh, Family Voice. Yes, well, the name, I hope, is sufficiently descriptive. We seek to be a voice for the family. So we're trying to shape government policies so that they will bless and prosper marriage, family, the raising of children, the role of grandparents. We're concerned about the life issues, and we're also concerned about the role of government. And so we have a very wide brief, as you can appreciate, Nick, and there's never a dull moment in our neck of the woods. Also, if you like to have David uh, coming to speak to some of your uh, um, churches or, you know, functions, you, you don't go only to churches, you go to different uh, yes, I'll, I'll locations. Speak, yeah, I'll always happy to share the benefit of my ignorance with any group that will have me, Nick. Later on, will give us some information, some details about sure. that, how people can yeah. contact you. Yeah, well, they can just go to our website, familyvoice.org.au and uh, make contact with us that way. And they can uh, book you. Absolutely. Uh, Today it's a very, um, you know, important topic, I believe. And the whole week we uh, we were looking at something uh, a bit, uh, how to say, uh, not as easy, you know, to deal with when you talk about violence. Yes. And particularly in the Bible. Mm. And uh, many people say, what sort of God Mm. is the God you talk about or Mm. you serve Mm. when you look at in the Bible and you see so much violence, you know, and during the week, you know, we, we approached, you know, and we talked about um, things like uh, why does the Bible contain so much uh, violence Mm -hmm. or how did Christ dealt with violence? Yes. Was the God of the Old Testament a violent monster? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, many people will portray God in that way. Yes. And, um, Today we'll try to, you know, clarify a few things, mm-hmm. even bring a little bit more closer to us, yes. you know, uh, in our, our everyday 
life yeah. uh, because unfortunately we are um, witnessing we mm-hmm. we can see every day you know the um, uh, violence going on and we'll touch on that probably as we go through the program uh, what's the cause you know of so much violence in yes. this world and and where is god mm-hmm. when this uh, happens mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, also just the other day uh, my friend uh, fabiano and uh, helen they they talked about domestic violence mm-hmm. and i think that's a big big one it is because we are um, seeing you know that just Escalating, yeah. going bigger and bigger, you know, always mm-hmm. there was, there was some sort of, you know, domestic violence, yeah. but you see now more and more, you know, in families, you That's know, and uh, as we talked uh, about yourself, you know, uh, mm-hmm. representing families and uh, yeah. uh, have that connection, you know, spiritual and even social, politically, indeed, indeed. all those things, you know, how important it is yeah. to, um, to understand the reality yes. and to see what we can do. There was an article in today's newspaper, Nick, the unfortunate story was of a fellow who has been sentenced to two years and nine months in prison. He was playing a computer game against his brother. You can do this remotely online, so they weren't in the same house. They were separated by some distance, Mm but uh, he lost the, the, the video game to his brother, and he became so enraged that he took up his samurai sword. Uh, you know, we've all got one of those at home. Wow. <laughs> and he, he went to his brother's house and said, I'm going to kill you. He lunged at him with the sword. His brother managed to fend it off, but he badly injured himself on his hand, both hands, as you can imagine. So how tragic is that? The two brothers, they're playing a game together. Yes. One of them's taking it so seriously he's ready to murder his brother. Mm. And you hear stories after stories uh in this kind of, you know, uh, happening uh, all the time settings. Our question for today is could the Holy Spirit change mm. a violent world? Absolutely. I mean, can God do something? Yes. Uh, or where are we in the picture mm. to allow God mm. to do the work which He wants to do? Yes. And why are we obstructing it? Indeed. You know, as we are uh, moving on um, today, uh, David, just uh, yeah, share with me a little bit on this uh, aspect. Mm. Uh, how do you see? Is there any chance? Is there any hope for, yes. uh, you know, there for is. changing this violent world? Yes. As we see the gospel of Jesus being shared, then people turn away from violence. And we can see that throughout history. You take a country like Britain, which was very violent. Uh, people were just killing each other. The law was extremely cruel. If you if you stole a loaf of bread, you could be transported to Australia. Yes. And uh, there were many, many crimes that were punishable by death. Now, we've learned to move away from that. And that's a result of the Christian gospel, which came to Britain through the preaching of, of um, Whitfield and the preaching of Wesley. And on the back of that came wonderful reforms. So this is the the way that the gospel is transformative, not simply to the individual, but to the community. Mm-hmm. And so people have learned uh, in Britain and Australia, of course, we trace our heritage to Britain and, in fact, in fact, the, the Westminster system has been exported all over the world. The gospel, of course, has gone all over the world as well. But um, in Britain, 
grace was abounding as a result of the great missionary activity of Wesley and Whitfield and others. And as a result of that, people changed their behavior. Mm -hmm. They stopped bashing each other. The government stopped (laughs) executing people. And... uh, Domestic violence uh, diminished hugely. Now, it's going the other way now, as I've indicated. That's because we are turning our backs on God. So if we turn our backs on God, what do we expect? Mm. Uh, let's let's look a, a little bit more into this, uh, David, if we can. Uh, um, what is the role, then, of the Holy Spirit mm. to bring the change? Yes, yes. Well, the Holy Spirit enables the law of God to be written in our hearts. So prior to that, under the Old Covenant, and you've touched on the Old Testament there, and is the God of the Old Testament a violent God? We'll come back to that. But under the Old Covenant, the law of God was written on tablets, uh, the two tablets which Moses brought down from the mountain, and then all the other 639 in total laws of the Old Testament. And they're good laws, Mm -hmm. but they are not written in the heart. But when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, the heart of stone is replaced by the heart of flesh, as Ezekiel puts it, and the law of God is written in our hearts so that we are being impelled not simply to stop hating and to stop killing, but in fact to love our enemies. Mm. Now, the law can never achieve that, but in Christ we learn to love. He said that we should love each other as he loved us, and we know how wonderful is the love of Christ, that self-sacrificing love. That's how we can love each other, Nick, and that's Mm. the Holy Spirit transforming those who profess faith in our Lord Jesus. Right. Now, from the perspective of a you know, personal level, uh, dealing with domestic violence, yeah. I can understand that, uh, you know, and we're encouraging uh, people to, to have that um, mm. understanding of the will of God, of how God uh, intended, you know, uh, this world to, to function. Mm. Uh, but when you look at from a political point of view, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, violence, um, wars and all those things, mm-hmm. which uh, is not just because the individual, but, you know, how that can work, you mm-hmm. know, the Holy Spirit can work in somebody's heart yes. to convince and to, yeah, to help to change that, yes. Uh, yes. that heart. And I'm, I'm talking about here, you know, we witnessing, uh, as we, we talk now, uh, lots of violence in this world and, uh, um, governments are just, um, you know, agitating yes. uh, each other. And, yeah. Hmm. Well, what we need to do, Nick, is pray to God. And a lot of people say that, well, I've prayed to God and I never hear anything. Well, all we have to do, Nick, is to pray to God and say, Lord, tell me what I'm doing wrong. And you'll get an immediate response, an immediate conviction in the heart. And when people are being violent to each other, if they pray to God and say, Lord, what am I doing wrong? They will soon realize what they're doing wrong. Conscience itself wonderfully will witness. And if they're in Christ, then they will be witnessed to by that inner voice of the Holy Spirit, which leads us in a quiet way. We do need to be quiet. We do need to calm down. We need to listen to that inner voice And it is a voice which is impelling us to love those that we are angry with and possibly even hate. Mm-hmm. So we're giving, we're giving away the hate. We're laying the hate at the cross. And we are asking the Spirit of Jesus. That's how the Holy Spirit is called in the book of Acts. The Spirit of Jesus. Uh, those wonderful qualities of Christ. His gentleness, his meekness, his self-sacrifice. And instead of us saying, well, when are you going to do this? Or why have you done this again? Or this is the second time this week this has happened. We will learn to keep no record of wrong. That is what true love is. 
It's the spirit of love in our hearts impelling us, enabling us, equipping us to love those that we are angry and upset with. And and once we start loving those that we're upset with, we can sit down calmly and try to sort out the issue and we'll probably find that there is really no issue at all. Are you saying that the Holy Spirit can work uh, directly yes. and uh, and change, yes. yeah, change the heart, yes. uh, but also indirectly? Yes. Uh, through law, correct, and uh, you know, and through our relatives and our friends and our neighbours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you know, we hear these terrible stories about children being abused in their families and so on. I always like to ask, where are the neighbours? Because if the neighbours were in in relationship with those people, then it's it's far less likely that the domestic violence will be going on. But we live in a community now, Nick, where we don't even know the names of our neighbours. Um, True. There are there are you, you hear horror stories of some poor old lady that's died in her house, and a year later, someone bothers to go and knock on the door and find out, you know, why the mail's piling up and why the lawn is not being mowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, where are the neighbours? So. The the second uh, of the of of the greatest commandments is to love your neighbour as yourself, and love God is the first one. Love your neighbour. When the Holy Spirit is in our hearts, we learn to love our neighbours. The reason the command is given there, love your neighbour, is because we don't love our neighbours. You know, they borrow our lawnmower and they bring it back in a bad condition, or they you know they borrow something else and never return the favour. You know, neighbours are difficult things but how wonderful they can be. Um, better a friend nearby than a brother far away is one mm-hmm. of the proverbs. Mm. Uh, uh, that's true. That's we, need, true. we need to restore this notion of community. It used to be there. We used to be there for each other in our, in our society, but we've become so selfish now and so individualistic that we're forgetting to love our neighbour. Uh, and so as a consequence, we're forgetting to train our neighbour when I was at school, there was a poem that we learned. It was called I Hear, and it begins like this. I hear the man upstairs slapping the hell out of his beautiful wife again, and the neighbors listening to the violence and doing nothing about it. And, of course, it just goes from bad to worse. To love one's neighbor, Nick, means to intervene graciously in what is going on that's not right next door. We need to own responsibility for what's going on in our communities. So love for neighbor, impelled by the Holy Spirit, enables our neighbour to stop hating his or her spouse mm. or children, mm. but to learn to love them as well. Are you saying that uh, as Christians, uh, David, uh, we are not here just to be passive mm. and to, to watch what's going on and just pray and say, hey, oh, sorry for this or for that. We need to be very intentional, exactly, active, exactly, uh, speak out, exactly, um, and uh, help as much as you can because... Indeed. Through your own example, yeah. you may um, change you may. The, the world, actually. And we see Jesus doing this because mm-hmm. when the woman was called in adu- an adultery and they dragged her before him, I don't know what happened to the bloke, um, but this had all been stitched up. You know, she was probably a prostitute. This was all prearranged to catch Jesus, but they ended up falling into their own trap. When the woman was was dragged before Jesus and they said, we've caught her in the very act of adultery. How did they do that? Yeah. It was all prearranged. Yeah, I always uh, ask myself that's the, the uh, same question. Indeed. What was the block? Probably, probably he was witnessing there, indeed. maybe. And Jesus says, well, let he who was among you is, who was without sin cast the first stone. And they slipped away one by one, starting with the oldest, until there was no one left. 
And Jesus said, where are your accusers? I have none. He said, well, neither do I accuse you. Go and leave your life of sin. He rescued her from death. He rescued her by the power of his word. And we need to learn to speak up. And they say that the, the standard that you pass by is the standard that you accept. Uh, we need to take responsibility for what's going on. And the scripture says to rescue those being led away to death mm-hmm. in Proverbs 31. And we need to start doing that in our communities. Right. I remember uh, while I was doing some uh, radio broadcasting, uh, I, ha- I had a listener who will come to see me after the broadcast was finished, you know, just to challenge me mm-hmm. on um, certain aspects of yes. uh, uh, particular God. I mean, he, he called himself an uh, atheist, mm-hmm. even though he, he said, I'm, I'm an agnostic, and I'm mm-hmm. not sure how that uh, mm-hmm. worked together, you mm-hmm. know, but uh, he will come and he will um, challenge me, saying, sure. where is that loving God yeah. you preach about or yeah. you talk about yeah. when uh, a three-year-old girl has been raped? Yeah. Or... Uh, and he'll bring all sorts of, uh, mm. you know, mm. uh, situation like mm. that. Mm. And it's not easy to answer. No, indeed. These are very real issues and we mm. don't want to be glib in our response, mm. but we must respond. And the only biblical response that we can come up with is that because God loves us, he gives us freedom. Think about this, Nick. If we had no freedom to do wrong, we would have no freedom to do right. Yeah, absolutely. We would simply be like pawns on the chessboard that God would move around, or worse, can you imagine programming your computer here on the desk to say, Nick, I love you, Nick, I love you. You wouldn't believe a word mm. because it had no freedom to do to express, to do yeah, anything to express else. that feeling. No, indeed. So uh, God has given us freedom of choice because he loves us and he wants relationship with us. Mm-hmm. It's not his fault if we stuff that up. It's not his fault if we do wrong. It's our fault. So before we go around blaming God, we need to start blaming ourselves for the mess that we've made up of the world. We have taken his garden and we've turned it into a cesspool. And we need uh, to repent of that. Wonderful. Uh, I think it's time to take a short break here, David, and um, play a song. Mm. But also before that, I would like to remind our listeners again that um, we have a phone number where you can write a message because I'm going after the song, I'm going to advertise that offer which we want to give it out to you. But uh, before that, let's listen to this beautiful song by um, Kate uh, Hollingsworth, I hope that's the sounds, name. Sounds good to me. <laughs> and the song is A Victory Prayer. Please stay with us. This is Fate FM Drive Time Big QA.
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is David DeLima from Family Voice Australia. And our big question for today is, uh, could the Holy Spirit change mm-hmm. the violent world? Mm-hmm. And David, just before the break, we were uh, talking about the role of the Holy Spirit, but also how we uh, open mm-hmm. our hearts, mm-hmm. you know, to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts. I just said before the break that I'm going to give away a wonderful book, mm-hmm. you know, uh, today uh, entitled Hope for a Helpless Planet. Now, uh, is Jesus really coming soon? Some people may say, oh, I don't know about that. You know, uh, we heard about this for a long time. And yeah, we all can have different uh, attitude towards uh, that question. Uh, but Let's let's look at uh, something important here. And in this book, if you like to have this book in your hands, please just SMS us on zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Every everywhere you turn, uh, David, uh, it seems the world is falling apart. Mm. Um, war, uh, political unrest, um, economical threatening. You know, on the age of disaster. We many times we're looking at that. We live on a helpless planet filled with people desperate for hope. Mm. But it is a good news. Jesus has given us this wonderful assurance and promise. And this is in John uh, chapter 14, verse 1 to 3. Uh, it says, Let not your heart be troubled. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. In hope for a helpless planet, you'll discover how he will come again and how to be ready to meet him. It's true. Jesus is coming again. Will you be ready? Mm. Please just uh, ask for this book. Send us a message, a text message to 4 And this book can be yours, free of charge and obligation. Coming back, David, to our topic, and it's this question, which is a pertinent uh, question to ask, you know, how could the Holy Spirit change Mm. a violent world? Mm. We talked about hearts, you know, and we all can choose to allow God to work in us to change ourselves. And I believe uh, yourself and myself, we already can testify Mm. about some changes in our life because of uh, the work of the Holy Spirit, because mm. we allowed God mm. to touch our hearts. Mm. You spoke a little bit earlier that uh, in the olden days, you know, in the Bible, you know, uh, uh, the law of God was written, uh, you know, on the tablets of stone. And, and people just look at that after a while, just as a routinely thing, you know. Mm. But Jesus said, you know, I will write my law into your hearts. Mm. I believe that's very personal. Yes, it is very. And we are talking now uh, about um, this violent world. Let's look in history a little Mm. bit, uh, if we can, David. Uh, Can you share with us uh, um, somewhere in in the history where God may may look like a violent God? Yes. Do you have some stories to share with us? Oh, indeed. And it's not just the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's Jesus himself is violent. Mm. We see him doing this in the temple. He sits down and he plats a whip. So he's not out of control. 
is fully in control. You know, if you or I, Nick, get really angry, we can't, our hands start shaking, we can't write anything or type anything, let alone platter whip. But Jesus was very calm and collected, but very angry, and he cleansed the temple, so he whipped the animals out and he turned the tables over and he drove out the money changers and he rebuked them with very strong language. So Jesus himself is violent. He's violent against those who need to be dealt with and, and very tender to those who are sorrowful and broken. As you say in those words, uh, David, I can imagine, you know, some people just uh, standing up, you know, jumping out of their chair probably or whatever, uh, mm. you know, saying, come on, you know, what are you saying here? You know, is God uh, a violent God? We are talking about a loving God and yes. God is love. Yes. Uh, how can we then uh, interpret, you know, Indeed, yeah. what we just well, said here? Because it's true. That's the reality. Yes. Uh, in the Bible, there was a lots of things. And the tendency is with us all Christians to just pass all these things to the enemy, mm. you know, to the mm. uh, to the devil. Right. But actually, I would like to say something here, a little bit not very, maybe not so orthodox, you know. Mm-hmm. I heard somebody saying uh, in this way, who are we? To challenge God, mm-hmm. to say that God cannot be like that, how he's portrayed in the Bible. Um, who are we to challenge God? The mm-hmm. one who's the giver of life and mm-hmm. taker of life. Yes. I mean, he can give life and take life when he wants. Correct. You know, we are not to, to excuse, you know, uh, mm-hmm. what happens in the, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, because that's, I, I, I believe, the beauty of mm-hmm. the Bible. Mm-hmm. Allowing us to see the reality. Yes. It's not just like a, a bestseller in a way just to capture a whatever type of mm. audience. Mm. This is to portray the reality. This is true. Now, and we are part of this war, if you like, the conflict. Mm. We're in the conflict zone. And of course, we put ourselves in that situation yes. where God and when God needs to stand up and show us who he is. Yes. Well, now, God, of course, is not violent by nature. Mm-hmm. This is the difference. We, however, in our fallen condition, are violent. And children, they start bashing each over the head, you know, in kindergarten, and mm. they've got to be taught to restrain themselves. Uh, and now, God is loving by nature, but he will be violent when the occasion calls for it. And Jesus did exactly that, as I've indicated, when he cleansed the temple. So... There is a place for that. And it says also of Jesus that out of his mouth comes a double-edged sword. This is in the book of Revelation. His Mm -hmm. eyes are like blazing fire, we read. So, uh, And Jesus was angry. Uh, In Mark's gospel, there's a wonderful little verse that says, Jesus looked around at them in anger. And Nick, you and I do not want to see the angry eyes of Christ. But God is loving by nature. He will deal uh, strongly and firmly when we persist. Even in the Old Testament, it is said of God, time after time he restrained his anger. It's a wonderful verse. Time after time he restrained his anger because God is merciful. And the last thing that he wants to do is to bring judgment upon the world. Mm. Uh, For God so loved the world that he sent his son. Uh, And Jesus did not come into the world to judge the world, but to save the world. The last thing that God wants to do and it is the last thing that he will do, is to judge the world. That is, for those who are refused to accept his grace, his offer of salvation, and they they therefore deserve only his wrath because mm-hmm. God is not violent by nature, but he is righteous by nature. 
Yes. Now I know you'll um, you like to take us through to an uh, an example in the Bible, Indeed. like Indeed. Sodom and Gomorrah. Yeah. Just before you going on that, um, uh, David, it comes into my mind a situation when uh, one of the kings of Israel. I mean, David, which is well known, mm. uh, you know, uh, mm. king of Israel. Mm. He, because of the um, you know his sin, or because you know mm. did something wrong there. Actually, God uh, um, asked him, you know, and said, now. Judgment will come upon you. Choose what do you want. Oh, yeah. You know, and there were, um, I, I think there were three things uh, which he could choose. If he, if you like to have the sword of the enemy, you know, mm-hmm. to coming upon mm-hmm. him, mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a famine, mm-hmm. uh, and also, also Apply, was the what? hand of God. Yeah. Interesting enough, they saying that the hand of God, and mm-hmm. and David is cho- choosing mm-hmm. the hand of God, even mm-hmm. if he realized mm-hmm. in his anger, mm-hmm. God still merciful yeah and god will not punish for the sake of destruction mm-hmm. he will punish for the sake of uh, restoration Indeed. and uh, i believe this is the where we should uh, you know make the difference mm-hmm. uh, because otherwise yeah we can easily just turn our eyes away from god yes. uh, thinking of oh, i don't want to do anything with, uh, with an angry god or you yeah. know and tragically uh, david was a murderer uh, and mm. an adulterer and because he was a man of blood, he was not allowed to build the temple. Yes. So uh, God hates violence. And in our community, we do sanction violence. Uh, the civic authority does not bear the sword for nothing, Paul says in Romans 13. And our police officers, they will take action. And the full force of the law will come down upon those who are hurting others and refusing to cooperate with the police. Um, it, when push comes to shove, they have uh, a, a baton, they have handcuffs, mm-hmm. they even have a gun. And while they would never shoot to intend to kill, uh, they will take whatever action is necessary to secure the peace. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just to remind uh, again uh, our listener that uh, they can be in touch with us uh, and be part of this program. Come with a comment or a question if you like uh, on zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Now, David, you said that um, you know you'll share with us a little bit about uh, Sodom and yes, Gomorrah. Yes. How that illustrates, you know, um, about God, you know, yeah. the angriness. We, of, we we see his character yeah. hugely there because mm-hmm. while people think Sodom and Gomorrah, therefore fire and brimstone and the judgment of God, and that's true. There's much more to the story than that. In fact, we see the characteristics of God coming through that whole episode. Firstly, he blesses Sodom and Gomorrah. So think Sodom and Gomorrah, think blessing. He also chastises Sodom and Gomorrah. He delivers. There is witness and there is warning and there is delayed execution. And finally, when still the people of Sodom will not turn, then comes the judgment. So the blessing occurred because Lot, the rich, righteous man, came to dwell among them. And when the when the rich, righteous man comes to your church, Nick, you've, you're blessed by his presence. So there we're seeing the blessing of God there. In fact, Lot was so rich with his uh, his relative Abraham that the, their people were tripping over each other, as it were, because of all the prosperity that they were enjoying. So they needed to separate. And Abraham said, I don't mind where you go. I'll, you go one way, I'll go the other. So mm-hmm. Lot chose to go and live among the the cities of the plain, as we call them, uh, and there he blessed the place with his wealth. However, uh, chastisement came upon 
these cities of the plain because they were subject to domination by this foreign king, Kedolaoma, a bit of a mouthful there. Mm. Uh, and when they tried to throw off the yoke, uh, they all the people were taken away. But then Abraham, with his small army, brought deliverance. Mm-hmm. So just to recap so far, Sodom and Gomorrah, think blessing of God, the chastisement of God as King Kedolaoma was running the show and depriving the people of their freedom and their opportunity for, for success. But the deliverance as Abraham rescues all the people of Sodom and he gives back to the king of Sodom his kingdom. Uh, and then we have witness, Nick. This is the next stage mm-hmm. uh, where Abraham says to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to the Lord God most high that I will accept nothing belonging to you. And instead, he imposed a tithe, which is paid to this mysterious fellow, Melchizedek. So there's this wonderful witness here when Abraham speaks about God Most High, and he says, you'll never, you'll never be able to boast and say, I made Abraham rich. No way. It is God who is making Abraham mm. rich. So there's this powerful witness going on in the process. And then there's a warning where finally uh, Lot, standing between the mob and his household, says... Uh, friends, don't do this wicked thing. Uh, and he he's, he also warns uh, his sons-in-law, hurry and get out of this place. Mm-hmm. So all of these things occur, and there's still one more step before the cataclysmic judgment, and that is the delayed execution. And the angel says to Lot, hurry and get out of here, but I can't destroy the city while you're still here. This is incredible. For the sake of the one righteous man, the city would have been spared. Yes, and uh, Jeremiah makes the same point where, where God, the book of Jeremiah makes that same point where God says, if I could find one righteous man in Jerusalem, I'd, I'd, um, I'd preserve it from destruction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is the power of the Christian presence in the community that for our sake, the judgment of God is being stayed. Uh, this is who we are in Christ. We, we really need to wake up, Nick, and realize that we are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Mm. So there's this delay of execution. The angel can't do anything until he flees. And while there were five cities on the plain, only four were destroyed. Why? The fifth one was spared, Zoar, because that's where Lot fled to. Mm. So when you've got one righteous man in your city or your community, you may be preserved from judgment because of God's great mercy on behalf of those who are prepared to follow him. So... The story of Sodom and Gomorrah, it's much more complicated than we tend to realize. Yes, there is judgment, but that's the very last step in this trajectory, firstly of blessing, then chastisement, deliverance, witness, warning, delayed execution. Mm-hmm. So that's how God works, Nick. Yeah, that's that's wonderful, uh, David, and it's so true that through this example, Sodom and Gomorrah, and particularly what I want to pick up from this uh, story is also that there is a, a time to choose. Mm-hmm. And as Abraham, you know, was, um, you know, ready to, to accept either mm-hmm. or, um, but Lord was looking, you know, and this is something which I like to explore just a little bit if we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lot was looking, I believe, from the top of the hill of the mountain or whatever into the valley, beautiful there, you know, mm-hmm. I, probably he could see even from far the advantages 
of living in uh, in that area. True. And I want to to have a parallel here, if I can, mm. with us today living in the 21st century. Mm. And uh, we look at ourselves and say, hey, we are blessed, actually, mm. to live in these times, you know, with everything at our fingertip, you know. Is that not a trap? Mm. Because for Lot, it was. Mm. It was. He lost his family there. Most of uh, his yes. family, uh, he lost it uh, there in 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 that uh, um, yes, he rich lost, He lost his wife and his, city. Two, his two, they're called sons-in-law, even though they weren't yet married. They were engaged. The, his daughters were engaged to the men of Sodom, we read. Mm-hmm. Now, and, and by the way, on that one, uh, sometimes I even ask myself, uh, maybe Lot had even more children that was mentioned about the two daughters, the, uh, you know, the virgins, you know. Yeah, uh, possibly. Uh, probably he had more children there, and he was told actually to go and tell all his family um, mm. to come into mm. his house and to prepare for, uh, um, you know, leave the city. But coming back to to the point a bit, uh, which I, I wanted to to stress out, you know, is that we can choose looking with our eyes, thinking that, okay, this will be beneficial for me, mm. but in long term can be disastrous for mm. me. For mm. example, a lot of violence today, uh, David, talking from, uh, you know, um, Domestic violence, but also going uh, as far as you like. Mm. A lot of people are uh, influenced by what they see, mm. what they watch mm. on the internet, yeah. on the media. And where, everywhere you look, you know, you see that uh, uh, violence going mm. on. You know, mm. I mean, in movies, in, uh, you know, Gaming, you just uh, mm-hmm. mentioned mm-hmm. about gaming and how uh, two brothers are <laughs> going to kill each other because mm-hmm. of losing mm-hmm. uh, the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but how can we, through this program, in a very short period of time here, how can we encourage people or even educate, let's, mm-hmm. let's put it this way, um, somebody who's dealing with uh, violence mm-hmm. uh, at home, or at work or whatever. Mm. How can we teach and um, educate uh, that the nature of these elements, you know, um, which it's an, at our fingertip, you know, mm. can mm. be disastrous for yeah. for us? And how can we teach them to to step out? Yes. Well, we certainly need to intervene if there's a situation of violence. Uh, we need to call the police. That's what they're there for. Um, but hopefully things can be dealt with before they escalate mm. uh, because before violence there's usually an argument and y- you, you, can hear, you can hear the argument you know, across the street sometimes. And sometimes we just sit back and let people handle that. Even the police, Nick, uh, and I would say this goes back some decades, but the police used to be fairly hesitant to step into domestic situations. You mm. see, they would say, oh, well, that's domestic. That's the family, you know, and the, the, the home is the castle and all of that. So they just need to get on with it and sort it out. That's not acceptable. And we've learned not to do that anymore. We've learned that we must take responsibility for what goes on in the community. And Lot himself gives us the example there because we read these words. This is in Second Peter chapter 2, that Lot was a righteous man who was distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. For that mm-hmm. righteous man living among them day after day was tormented in his righteous soul by the lawless deeds he saw and heard. I'm not sure that too many Christians, perhaps myself included, 
are distressed by the filthy lives of lawless men. Mm. You see, we can have an academic or intellectual difficulty with what's going on out there, but are we are we distressed? And it says of Lot that he was tormented in his righteous soul. Mm. Tormented, that's a very strong word. We need to throw off the problem that we have when we are we're so desensitized to what's going on. You know, we get used to it. And the more we're exposed to violence and evil, the more we get used to it, unless we can firmly resist it. Now, God sees everything, and it it doesn't drag him down. But the rest of us are not in such a, a, a happy position. But we do need to confront evil. We need to look at it squarely in the eye. Uh, we need to expose the deeds of darkness, as Paul wrote to the Ephesians, um, we have nothing to do with them, but we expose them. We don't embrace them. We shun them, but we also shine the light of Christ on them because they need to be exposed. And there are wicked things going on. You've mentioned computer games. There's all sorts of mischief going on out there. It's done quietly. It's done surreptitiously uh, under the cover of darkness, as it were. But like Lot, we need to shine light into the darkness and we need to expose those deeds of darkness. We need to rescue those being led away to death. And we need his same attitude, being tormented in our righteous soul by what's going on. We just accept what happens in our society and say, oh, well, that's just the way it is. Uh, and, and though in some ways we are really excelling in society by having a, a, a strong response against violence, and um, certainly here in Adelaide, the front page of, of the advertiser uh, either yesterday or today, I can't remember, had, had, the, had, had the girls marching in the streets saying, we're not going to accept violence mm-hmm. uh, from, from boys and from men. So, so we're learning that, but at the same time, we're fueling violence by by the terrible, violent computer games that the, the kids are filling their heads with. Uh, and this is perfectly legal. It's just madness. What do we expect? We reap what we sow, and we need to stand up strongly and say that the the culture will be a, a, a culture of zero tolerance of violence, not just uh, in in uh, the street, as it were, but also in the minds of our young people. What is going into their minds? Because uh, because if we fill our heads with this nonsense, we're just going to start acting it out. And I've given that illustration today about the, the use of the sword, uh, where that fellow, he was so enraged because of the computer game, his adrenaline was, was high, uh, his anger was raised, and and he was now going to put into action what he was handling theoretically on the screen. Absolutely. Yeah, now that's so true, uh, David. Hey, um, time is going uh, quite fast today, but I still want to uh, sit a little bit uh, more in the, in the next few minutes uh, and uh, talk about um, how can we walk in the spirit, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, the spirit's role to change the individual mm. and um, probably we can look here in um, if you have some other passages in the Bible but I would like to look also in Galatians uh, chapter 5 mm-hmm. to read some of the yes. uh, uh, texts there but yes. just before we do that uh, what what do you think yes. about uh, this? Well that's right the Holy Spirit uh, is indeed speaking to us guiding us quietly and there's a wonderful scripture where Paul says uh, fan into flame the gift of God that is within you. So that obviously refers to spiritual gifts, but uh, one of the 
gifts of the, uh, the, the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are very clear there in Scripture, love, joy, peace, etc. And so if we want that fruit, we need to fan it into flame. It's, it's a kind of mixed metaphor. We've got fruit and we've got flames going on at the same mm. time, but we know what Paul means. He's just so exuberant in his language. But we need to fan into flame the gift of God that is within us so that the fruits of the Holy Spirit will be lived out in our behavior. So while it's important that we do have the Holy Spirit's help here, we've got to take responsibility for ourselves as well. And there's another remarkable scripture which I love to quote, which is where Paul says, train yourself to be godly. Mm -hmm. So we're not godly by our efforts. We are godly because Christ has died and risen that we may be delivered from our sins. But once that's happened, it's a bit, a bit like being given a birthday present. You know, you can have this wonderful present, but unless you unwrap it, you'll never enjoy it. Or if you're given a check for a million dollars, you're now a millionaire. But if you never take it to the bank and cash it in, you'll never... Still a poor man. Yeah, you're still a poor man. So <laughs> we need to fan into flame the gift of God that is within, which I think includes the Holy Spirit as well as the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And we need to train ourselves to be godly. So... Uh, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you don't mm. want to be transformed, then don't renew your mind. It's yeah. up to you and me. Yeah. Uh, what we look at, what we think about, what we meditate upon, what we hope for, what we pray for, this is all the mind working in cooperation with with the heart and, and with the spirit uh, and with the Holy Spirit. So it's all working together, Nick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just want to mention again the book which we are offering today is called Hope for a Helpless Planet. Uh, you just need to SMS us on 04888-808-11 and request this book uh, for you, free of uh, charge and no obligation for you. Um, I just said uh, a bit earlier, David, that I want to see, you know, uh, what that means to walk in the Spirit. And I mentioned uh, Galatians chapter 5. I just wanted to read from verse 17 a few words here. It says here, for the flesh lusts against the Spirit, mm -hmm. and the Spirit against the flesh. Mm -hmm. uh, and these are contrary to one another. You know, uh, our tendency is to do the wrong things, you know, but God wants to transform us, True. to change us, to be able to do mm. the right thing. And uh, further down um, here, if we, if you look, you know, uh, from verse 19 to verse, um, you know, uh, 22, it's uh, listed all sorts of things, you know, uh, uh, bad things happening in this world among them, you know, like uh, uh, all sorts of ambitions, you know, dissensions, uh, heresies, envy, murders, uh, and, and so, so on and so forth, you know. Um, but from verse 22, uh, we can read this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. David, mm. can we find these wonderful things, values yes. in, in, uh, in our uh, society today? Yes, we can. In the hearts of God's people, especially as we take seriously our responsibility for that fruit to develop. Now, 
when we plant an apple seed or an orange seed, we have a role to play. God is making the plant grow. We can't make the plant grow because that is God's side of the equation. But our responsibility is to fertilize, to weed, to water, to nurture, to prune. Uh, I'm not sure how many Christians consider themselves in need of being pruned by themselves. Mm. But uh, God himself does prune that, doesn't he? Jesus says that he, he prunes the vine, that it will be fruitful. So mm. if we want fruit, we've got to have a, a process of pruning. God does some pruning, and we do some pruning as well. And that wonderful description of the fruits of the Spirit, there's a, there's a church in uh, Loxton, it's the Church of Christ in Loxton, and they've got that written right across the auditorium. And when I was there a couple of years ago, I thought, this is fantastic. Every church should have that written above the, the stage or on the auditorium. It's very, very helpful just to remind Christians of who we're called to be mm-hmm. because these are more than aspiration, aspirational statements. Uh, this is what we need to make sure happens. And it's up to us uh, to receive God's gift and to put it into action. Absolutely. And um, as I mentioned a few times now during the program, uh, I would like to hear from uh, from you guys listening. Uh, what's your opinion in regard to violence uh, in our world today? And uh, is the Holy Spirit uh, working uh, today? Is, is he at work or uh, what's, uh, what's your understanding? How is the Holy Spirit working in your life? Are you a better person? Uh, are you a changed person? Or you are the same and you're saying, hey, I cannot change. This is who I am. Actually, I believe that we all can change and not just as an individual, uh, uh, the individual level, but also a corporate uh, level. We can have a a better workplace. We can have a better uh, community. Um, And I like, again, um, in Galatians, you know, if you move a bit further, even in uh, in chapter six, um, the encouragements here to to bear uh, the burdens of each other. Mm. And uh, if we see somebody that is falling, you know, into into sin or, uh, mm. you know, that we should uh, help. We should um, spiritually, you know, be prepared uh, to help and take him uh, out of that situation. Exactly. And if, um, if in this world, even the, yeah, the political world, we'll look more into how we can help each other rather than how can we uh, discipline each other, mm. you know, because, uh, uh, yeah, God doesn't want to destroy us, no. Uh, no. Uh, David. But I would like to say this. You mentioned a bit earlier. The last thing which God will do is to judge. Mm. He will say one day, mm. he will say soon, I believe, mm. it is finished, it's yeah. enough, you know. And uh, why not to be prepared? Indeed. Well, to Jesus spoke about this so many times. Jesus. Yeah. You know, uh, story after story, be prepared for death, be prepared for the life to come, because we can make no, no plea then if we've not made the plea now. And the plea we must make now is, Jesus, save me. David, uh, thank you for uh, coming with us today and sharing uh, in this aspect, this quite controversial mm. uh, uh, topic. Mm. But how would you like to pray today yes. uh, for uh, for us here yes, and I'd also for uh, our listener? I'd love to. Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we've had today to share your truth. We thank you for the scriptures which guide us. We thank you for Jesus above all who came to die 
so that there'd be no need for any more death, no need for any more judgment. It's all taken care of. And I pray for all of our listeners, those who are in Christ and those who are yet to respond. And I do pray for those who are yet to respond, that they would respond. And like Peter, who was sinking beneath the waves and said, Lord, save me, I do pray that they will cry out to you, just saying those three words in faith, and that you would indeed save. And for those who are, who are in Christ, uh, even as we speak, Father, we pray that your Holy Spirit in their hearts, having written your law in their hearts, we do pray that they would stir up the gift that's within, train themselves to be godly, and be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Lord, it's up to us. Help us to receive your gift, to appropriate your gift, to rejoice in your gift of salvation. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, David. Uh, it looks like uh, our uh, time is up for today. Uh, and thank you for joining Nick Rita and David uh, DeLima on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us again uh, next time when we are uh, going to look at uh, the uh, big question, what is God really like? Until then, may God richly bless you. And I'm leaving you with this beautiful uh, passage from John chapter 14, verse 27. I'm leaving you with the gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. God bless you. shepherd